0: And we, we are live. Uh, what is up, everybody? This is Nick from P2W Fantasy. I am joined by two great guests tonight. Um, doing a kind of round two of some NFL headline reactions. So um, I figured first thing I'll do, introduce the guest, Then we'll go into what we're trying to get accomplished and talk about tonight. Um, and uh, just go from there. Um, but again, two great guests. Don't ask me how I got them both on at the same time, but um, as soon I pulled it, it worked out. Um, well, I am no life, so that's
1: how you got me on. <laughs> hey, hey, hey,
0: uh, whatever works to get you on the PC. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let, let me uh, let me start with uh, with, with John Lobb. Um, John's CFF uh, and NFL fantasy football analyst, co-host of CFF uh, on campus and the draft seminar part of the FSWA and also footballdiehards.com. So, John, uh, just read out some brief things that you got going on. Can you um, tell everybody where to find you and also maybe some things that you have going on um, as of recent?
1: Absolutely, my friend. Um, I'm on Twitter at gridironskull91. I cannot afford the A and the R when I signed up, so I had to go the Po way. So it's gridironskull91 <laughs> right up there. All my written work is on footballdiehards.com or Fantrax. I've actually been with Football Diehards now for 26 years. I've known Amel Cadillac and Bob Harris for almost 30 years. So I've been around. I'm an old fart. Been around a long, long time. I'm actually kicking off my 32nd year playing fantasy football.
0: 32nd year. So
1: I'm excited. I thank you for having me on. And, yes, I do love the college game also. Absolutely love college fantasy football but I've only been playing that for 12 years. So I'm still (laughs) a neophyte in college fantasy football.
0: Very cool. And uh, I I know you you are posting uh, very often. I tend to share your stuff uh, a lot and always great content right there. Um, Go to my other guest here. I got Jen with us tonight. uh, Sports radio host at Sirius XM Fantasy. NFL and MLB analyst at Fantasy Alarm and also part of the FSWA. I actually just saw um, you talking some baseball prospects the other, the other <laughs> night. <Casey laughs> I like the uh, baseball. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I picked up Casey Mize because I, I took your recommendation. Yes. That's a guy that I you know looked into in the past and have been waiting on the call up. And if it wasn't for you, he wouldn't be pitching against my White Sox on Wednesday for my baseball. Team. Awesome. So, uh, oh, so I'm again. starting. Dylan yeah.
2: Cease. So I'm like crossing my fingers for some White Sox tomorrow. Um, But yeah, so I am at uh, Series XM, Fantasy Sports Radio. I'm I'm the host of Alarm After Hours on Friday nights, late at night, I also guest on the Fantasy Alarm show and some other spots there. But most of my work will be found at fantasyalarm.com. I write for the Jim Bowden draft guide, the NFL draft guide. I do player profile bids. And I also had, I know that baseball is like the dirty secret. None of us want to talk about it, especially after that Fernando Tati's trauma today, but we won't go into that. Um, I also have a new podcast out with Chris Meaty and the wrestler Eric Young. I don't know if you guys know EY, um, but we're is actually doing a podcast. No, well, he's a wrestler. I don't know. Oh, he's no,
1: a pro wrestler. Yeah. No, uh, not that UI. <laughs>
2: not that <EY>. UI. <laughs> okay. Not that UI. We have a new podcast called Sticks and Stacks. You can find it on Apple, uh, iTunes, and Spotify. And we tell you how to do your wagers for the week for hockey and baseball. So if you're interested in like sports wagering um, or monkey knife fight props or anything like that, player props, we do that. It's a quick 15 minutes. It's kind of fun. So blah. That's enough about me.
0: Hey, that's a lot of stuff to be aware of. That's, that's <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. Again, thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, very respected in the fantasy community and um, both you you guys put out great content that I um, am looking at all the time. Um, so uh, what we have going on tonight, uh, last week I had on uh, Anthony Servino, uh, Commissioner Breeze, and then Mike, aka Dynasty Dad. And we talked uh, NFL headlines, uh, potential reactions, and then if we buy that reaction or if we think it's an overreaction. So the reason I do this is, uh, or I think it's a good idea is because, you know, the minute we get that, uh, alert on our phone or we're, we're, reading ESPN.com or whatever the case is. And we see these headlines, a lot of times people in our fantasy leagues, ourselves, our friends, uh, immediately have a huge thought about this headline. Sometimes yeah. it's a little bit of an overreaction. It's just a headline that grabs some attention. Sometimes it is something to be aware of. So, uh, With so many headlines going on, I mean, I missed probably 10 of them today. I looked uh, the last couple days. I figured what I would do is read a headline from a recent day. I'm going to give you guys a potential reaction. So it's not necessarily my reaction. So I don't want everybody to think that all of these are, you know, Nick's overreactions here. But uh, I'm going to give you a reaction and then you guys tell me. Do you buy that reaction or is it an overreaction and then just just why? So I thought that'd be fun uh, and very interesting with some big news. Um, Any questions for that, guys?
2: No, let's play. I love games. (laughs) Rock and roll. All
0: right. All right. So uh, first one here, AJ Green, parentheses, hamstring, ends practice early in precautionary measure. That's August 17th. Potential reaction... Fantasy owners should be concerned with Green lasting a full season, and due to that, his fantasy ceiling. So, uh, John, talking about AJ Green potential—you know, potentially lasting a full season, limited ceiling. What do you do? You buy that, or is it an overreaction?
1: I have zero shares of AJ Green in sixteen drafts. So I'll be right up front. I'm an old man. There are very few Jerry so Rice. AJ
2: Green. <laughs>
1: and, <laughs> that, you got it, Jen. She's so smart. There are very few um, Jerry Rice and Tim Browns who can play wide receiver at an extraordinarily high level after the age of 30. Obviously, there are some, but I'm not taking the chance that a 32-year-old receiver who missed an entire season of football, is and he only played nine games the year before. So you're looking at the last 32 games the Cincinnati Bengals have suited up for. A.J. Green has been on the field nine times. I'm heavily invested in Tyler Boyd. I'll be the first one to admit it. Sixth round, yum, yum. I eat him up every time. Love him with Joe Burrow. I cannot draft a 32-year-old wide receiver. I'm old enough. I drafted A.J. Green in college fantasy football, and I made a mistake because I I realized talent and college fantasy football success are totally different. Alabama back in the day was run, 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 and there were little receivers at San Jose State, Central Michigan, who outproduced A.J. Green, and there was no question Green was a better player. I'm not buying it. These big receivers, Calvin Johnson, Demarius Thomas, when they go off the cliff, it is fast and it is deep. I'm out. I'm totally out.
0: All right. So John is out on A.J. Green, my buddy uh, Chris, Detroit Beastie's The one time I'm not on, you have Jen on. Detroit <laughs> uh, uh, BC has been uh, – on the podcast a few times so I, I, I guess I gotta let him know which guests are coming on for that next invite <laughs> uh, talking about AJ Green um, are you buying that uh, we should be very concerned for 2020 or is it an overreaction? What do you think? So
2: um, I am 100% on the same page as John over here. I am out on AJ Green. Listen, I think you land in one of two camps. You believe that AJ Green is your home run shot, your super high upside, and you're willing to take that risk, or you say it's just not worth it. And unfortunately, he's been creeping further and further up the draft boards. And at that level, I don't want to take a risk. I wanna throw a dart at someone that has a super high ceiling. Now, listen, could he be fine? Yes, but we're talking about a guy who's missed 29 of 64 possible games in four years. He had ankle surgery, he didn't come back. Now it's a hamstring, that means his whole lower body is not quite healthy. He's going to get injured. And so even if he does play a few games, as John said, what is the ceiling on those games? Is it possible? He could be incredible. We know he has the talent. Yes, it's possible, but I don't want to take a shot on an old guy resurging that I know has injury history. When I can take a shot on someone like, I don't know, Hollywood Brown or Michael Gatt. There's so many other people there that I'm willing to put my eggs in their basket and say, look, I want to give, I want to give you the chance to blow the ceiling off this. I just don't trust AJ Green. I get Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Andy Dalton but hey, they've never even played together and now he's already missing some of the camp. There's a, no, AJ Green off my list.
0: We do have a comment that uh AJ Green will be fine in in my opinion. But what is fine? Yeah. What is yeah. fine?
1: He hasn't yeah. been playing more than 180 yards decoy 10 games. <laughs> yawn.
0: <Yeah>. So we <laughs> get we that were, we 13 in 2018 that's the last time we saw AJ Green and he had uh one target for one catch um, and he played the previous weeks one through eight before injury. But uh, I guess what people hang on to and John, before we went live, you were talking about how many years you've done fantasy football. Uh, <laughs> I think what a lot of guys are hanging on to that maybe invested in AJ green and these dynasty leagues and uh, draft him every year and redraft sort of thing is, you know, 2017, depending on your league uh, fantasy pros, 2017 wide receiver 10, 2015, wide receiver eight. We're going back far, but 2013, wide receiver four. So we've seen what the talent can do. But then on the flip side, injuries include hamstring, ankle, groin, turf toe, knee strain. And at 32 years old, I think going into 2020, I'm with you, John. I'm a big Tyler Boyd truther. I think he's already going to be slightly behind him, if not a decent amount behind him on the target share. So if we have to worry about him lasting 16 games and where we're drafting him, I think it's a lot of risk right there, especially if you're drafting or trading for or rostering a guy more so for the name than what he's been able to consistently do over the years. Cause he has missed. Yeah.
2: And uh, I will say one qualifier Sure. I might take a shot on him in Best Ball if he came to me at the right price, at the right round, because I do think it's very possible he could have a couple really big games. I just think you're probably only going to get a couple.
0: So, so, uh, I mean, we we've noted the the age thing, um, thirty two, and uh, you know, I we could talk about. I mean, I could talk about him being an old man, uh, just because, um, you know, there's some twenty one year olds in, in the league and things like that. But it's funny because he's maybe a couple years older than me. But uh, let's look at some other guys around They're the same
1: You're in your 20s, group. dude. I'm real old. Yeah. Oh, my so God. 20
0: 28. I'm, hang, I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on. <laughs> but uh, but uh, A.J. Green, 32. So what I thought, let's talk about some other 30-plus-year-olds here. You guys, no explanation. Give me who would you rather have in 2020. So I'm going to make the first one super easy. Obviously, Julio Jones, 31. A.J. Green, 32. Who do you have in 2020?
1: It's got to it be who I mean, yep.
0: I, yeah. That's it. That's the obvious one. Let's go to T.Y. Hilton, who's thirty. T.Y. Hilton or A.J. Green? No explanation. Who would you rather have? So,
2: I don't like either of those. I don't want either of them. I would still go T.Y.
1: I would go T.Y. also, and I've I've got a few shears round eight. I'm okay with T.Y. I'm not reaching for him. He's kind of like those. Uh, my fifth, fourth receiver, I'm okay, but yeah, I go ty.
0: All right, a Co- couple more. Uh, Julian Edelman 34, or AJ Green 32. We're just right. Oh, Edelman.
1: Oh, Edelman. Edelman,
0: I gotta go Edelman, but I'm not
1: happy about <laughs> that one at all, man. <laughs> I got it. Oh, either,
0: either I, are some of the comments in here, but uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. let's, let's get go. Uh, two, two more, two more. I got two more good ones. Emmanuel Sanders, 33, A.J. Greens, 32. Which guy?
1: Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, I'm going to go with Emmanuel Sanders because Drew Brees, the offense, and he has Michael Thomas. So Emmanuel Sanders should benefit from weaker defensive backs.
2: Yeah, and Emmanuel Sanders is going to have certain games when uh, Michael Thomas is seeing double coverage. And I know you can't really guard Mike. I mean, I've read your Twitter, yeah. Mike. I get it. Yeah. But uh, he's still going to, you know, Drew Reese's arm strength is less, and I think Sanders can pick up some of that. So, yeah. I think last one. Last
0: one. Uh, A.J. Green or 36-year-old Larry Fitzgerald? I would probably
2: have finally gotten us.
1: I think I would go AJ because I think he could have two or three big games like Jen said. I think Larry's going to be mediocre five for 50 like every week. I think you got us. That's the one. (laughs) You know, AJ could go four for 100 with the touchdown.
0: Hey, good luck on the show tonight, brother. Had a comment there. Uh, Swaggy P, where would you draft Jonathan Taylor? How about a quick answer for Swaggy P here? Where would you draft Jonathan Taylor, and then we'll move on to the next one.
1: Third round, all day, baby. Love him in the third round.
2: I would take him later, fourth.
0: Okay. All right, all right. Let's move on to the next one here. A lot of talk about AJ. That was that was a good one. Uh, I actually threw in the you know other thirty year olds kind of random today when I was <laughs> uh, for the show, but I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Broncos running back Gordon quotes struggling a little bit. With Denver altitude, August sixteenth, potential reaction: Philip Lindsay will be more involved than we think and cause Gordon to have a rough fantasy season. So uh, we'll start with Jen this time. Mm-hmm. Are we buying that Philip Lindsay is going to make Gordon and other Gordon factors are going to make him have a rough season, or is that an overreaction?
2: Well, I've already been buying that, to be honest. Uh, maybe I'm one of the few, but Philip Lindsay didn't just go away. He's still a 1,000-yard rusher. He still has a lot of ability, and he is used to the altitude. And Melvin Gordon isn't just going to come and take everything away. Um, I think everyone is assuming that. I, I never got that. In fact, I didn't like where Melvin Gordon, land, Melvin Gordon landed for either of their fantasy outlook. Um, you know, if Melvin Gordon had gone to Atlanta, I would have loved that. Um, but he didn't. Um, so I actually think Philip Lindsay is a threat anyway, whether it had to do with the altitude or not, but yeah, then here's what, here's what I think. If you hear negative news coming out of camp, you should probably listen. When you hear all the smoke about how great Darwin Thompson is and Kalen Balaj, you probably shouldn't listen. Mm -hmm. So when we already hear that Melvin Gordon and they're being so specific as he's having trouble acclimating to, yeah, I don't love it. I, but, you know, I'm not a fan of Melvin Gordon. I don't have a single share. I don't trust what he's going to do.
0: All right. So, uh, John, what are, your, what are your thoughts here? Uh, Philip Lindsay and other factors affecting Melvin Gordon's stock.
1: I'm so glad you asked this question. I'm a Broncos fan since 1977. So I've been studying the mile-high altitude forever on athletes. And there, were, there was a time from, like, 1977 to 2007 – The Broncos had the best home field advantage in the league. When opponents came in there, the the altitude was always a major problem. Not sure if that's that's still true in the last 10 years because I haven't looked it up. But am I surprised that Melvin Gordon, coming from Wisconsin, coming from San Diego, he's having a difficult time acclimating into this high altitude? No, I am not. The first time I went to Colorado, I went up into the mountains and I was shocked. I you know you read about it you hear about it and then you actually are in it and I also did it in Switzerland once and it's kind of mind blowing if you're not used to it for the first time. So maybe who knows how much Gordon is has been in these obviously as a visitor but it's different to live there day in and day out, you know. So I'm not surprised. Now, to Jen's point. I've always thought Philip Lindsay will be involved in this offense. I I when he's in the t- I like Philip Lindsay. I'll take the bargain in the 10th round. Will Gordon play all 16 games? I doubt it. You know, as a Bronco fan, I hope he does, but I doubt it. Now, will they use, I think he's, Gordon's going to be their opener and their closer. What that means, if they're playing catch up late, I think they might have Philip Lindsay in there. If they're in a shootout, Philip Lindsay's going to get some opportunity. I, you know, maybe Gordon gets 60% snap share. Lindsay gets 35% snap share. So I think if you reach too much on Gordon, who's always been touchdown dependent, remember everyone. I love Gordon. Loved him at Wisconsin. I rated him ahead of Gurley coming out of the draft. And you can argue who's had a better career. It's an interesting debate now looking back. Mm-hmm. obviously Gurley had the upside, so I can't. But Gordon's very touchdown dependent. If he doesn't score double-digit touchdowns, I don't know if you're going to get value. If you're in the fourth round, I think you're nuts. Seventh round, sixth rounds, okay. Seventh round's a bargain. I don't see him falling that much more. But if Gordon doesn't get those 10 touchdowns, I'm not sure. So I like Lindsay for the value. But
2: Gordon is going in the third and fourth rounds, and that's, that's why right. I don't have – any of him. And I'm a Blackbow
1: fan. And there's yeah, no way I,
2: I'm doing that. I agree. Yeah, no, of course in the seventh round, that's a that's a slam dunk. Yeah. I mean and that's I he's going early. He used the, to be in the draft in the drafts I've been
1: April. Oh I love April.
2: I just did a CBS draft with like Scott Engel and Adam Azer. He comes he went I think he went in the third round.
0: Oh I I can't do it. That's 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 crazy because okay, but, I, mean, I know there's not a ton of guys that have, you know, Nobody really eating into their role, but when you question how much someone's going to eat into their role, it's tough to draft them that high. Um, you know, I looked at uh just the two running backs, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay 2019 2018. So 2019, obviously, I didn't, I'm not factoring in who played how many games during these rankings, but uh, PPR Melvin Gordon 2019 RB 23 2019 for Lindsay RB 19, uh, 2018 Melvin Gordon was RB 8 2018. Phil Lindsay was RB13. Now, over these two seasons, I, I did write down 24 games for Melvin, 31 for Lindsay. The yards, Phil Lindsay has the advantage. The touchdowns, Melvin Gordon has the advantage. And the receptions, too. Yards per carry, uh, 4.9 for Philip Lindsay to the 4.4 for Melvin Gordon. When I look at these stats side by side, I see two guys that are not far away from each other at all when it comes to any of these stats. And, and I find it hard to think that... Due to that, you know Phil Lindsay's just not going to be utilized because the guy, for being, you know his storyline being undrafted, this and that, he's balled out for the last two seasons as far as yards go. Decent yards per per carry, you know it could be a little bit better. Um, a lot of yard, two thousand forty-eight yards over the past two seasons. I just, I, I think the altitude is in, uh, is an overreaction. But on the flip side, I think I'm going to buy that Phil Lindsay is going to hurt his stock this season, especially if you're going to invest in Melvin Gordon in your in your drafts. So, yeah, got a quick, we'll have uh, one more uh, kind of odd uh, oddball comment here. Kept Miles Sanders, Connor, pick third overall. My likely options: Mixon, Julio, Kittle, Kelsey, Taylor. Who would you pick for your third? Looks like it's a keeper league. Any any quick, quick uh, suggestions for uh, Swaggy P here?
1: I would hope for Mixon. That would be my dream scenario. If it does have Mixon in his keeper league, I'm going Jonathan Taylor. I'm all in on that Colts offensive line. I love Taylor. He is Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott in my analysis. He's as good of an athlete coming out with a resume that is unbelievable. I love Jonathan Taylor.
2: Yeah, I'm assuming that if it's a keeper league, it has to be a keeper league. So I'm with you. I think Taylor is so talented. Now, I earlier when I said I would draft him a little later, I think he's very talented, but I think it's going to take a little while till he really takes over that backfield. And I think people's expectations might be a little high. Like again, just like Philip Lindsay, Marlon Mack didn't die, um, <laughs> so I think like he's still there. But ultimately, that is obviously Jonathan Taylor's job. What he did in college is just unprecedented. The oh, guy's
0: Unbelievable. Yep, absolutely um great offensive line great dynasty pickup him mm-hmm. uh marlon max he hasn't been he hasn't been phenomenal definitely has not been below average so I think he's right. uh that's pretty good at a lot of things maybe he's just not great at anything mm-hmm. but uh he's still gonna play still gonna play this year um it'll be interesting though uh especially with the uh The video footage coming out of Taylor uh, running over linebackers. That
1: dude, but I've seen that for three years on Wisconsin, brother. And let me tell you something. No one thought Taylor, he was not going to be the starter at Wisconsin. No one knew who he was, and he stepped on that field as a freshman, and he blew open the doors in week one. This kid is special.
0: All right, let's let's move on to our next headline here. Uh, This is from August 16th. Vikings offensive coordinator Kubiak first round pick Jefferson is exactly what we drafted. So the potential reaction here, Justin Jefferson will finish as the highest targeted rookie wide receiver. So um, keep note of, of, of that. Uh, I didn't necessarily say he's going to be rookie wide receiver one, but he's going to have the highest target share. Are you Uh, buying that or would that be an overreaction john
1: i am buying it here's why jerry judy there's too many targets cd lamb too many targets other players i think the top two are justin jefferson or jalen rager so i do believe that now the question is how many targets he is a rookie and i love him. He was my third pre-draft ranked wide receiver coming out of lsu What Joe Burrow and the Tigers did last year, in my lifetime, 45 years watching college football, it was the best offense I've ever seen. Never seen anything like it in my life. Just Justin Jefferson special. However, Kubiak tends to funnel his offense through the running back and one receiver. He tends to do that. Look at the box scores. Look at the stats. He dominates one receiver, and the running back, the running game. because You know they're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball with Alvin Cook. They're going to run the ball with Alexander Madison. So the the touches are there in the backfield. Then he's going to throw to Adam Thielen. So my my only question is, yes, he could lead the rookies. I don't think he gets over 100 targets because I've got to think Thielen's going to get 120. Irv okay. Smith's still on the field, and he uses his tight ends. And then he's going to pepper Dalvin Cook with touches out of the backfield in the passing game. So I think he could. I think he has about 90 to 100 targets max. But I do think he's in the conversation. It's not an overreaction because I can't go. Courtland Sutton, Noah fan. You know, then you were just discussing Dallas. Michael Cooper, Amari, uh, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, right? so those guys can't get that many targets
0: all right so you are uh you're saying that it could be a thing uh not an overreaction um you you know noted some other guys in the mix with that as well uh jen what what do you think what do you think here so
2: first of all i think you're sleeping on michael Pittman jr (laughs) That could get a lot of targets because ty hilton will likely be injured and he's the person across and he's got philip rivers there to target him so as far as targets
1: you mean PPR? I think he's in the.
2: I think he's in the conversation.
1: <laughs> so,
2: um, do I again? I think the thing with Justin Jefferson is that his ceiling will be limited because that's a run-first game in in Minnesota. And Adam Thielen's there. And Adam Thielen, I think last year was the first time he'd ever missed a game in his career for injury. He's really sturdy. He's really healthy. Um, will he get a lot of targets? Sure. Um, but I mean. Do you think, what, he's going to have the same amount of targets as Stephon Diggs? Maybe even so, Stephon Diggs didn't have the best season last year, we're talking about a rookie. So I don't think these expectations should go out of control. Um, Jalen Rager, um, Justin Jefferson, obviously they are the ones set up the most. But even, honestly, like I don't think you can count out CeeDee Lamb. Um, We're talking about a system that throws a lot, and Randall Cobb got 800 yards last season as the third receiver in Dallas. And you know, they're going to stretch the field vertically. They didn't change offensive coordinators. So, you know, as far as him being the top targeted rookie, maybe, maybe, but will that translate into a lot of fantasy points? I just, you know, you got to temper it. And just somebody saying, honestly, like, this is kind of like a backwards compliment. Like, imagine like your boyfriend sent you, that girl is exactly the girl I thought she would be.
0: I never had a boyfriend say that to me, but I'd be pretty concerned. I mean,
2: like, I he is exactly the person we drafted her to be. Him to be like, I don't know. Like I'm I, not like he's the fastest, best threat runner I've ever seen. He's just like, he's exactly what we drafted him to well, yeah. Well, what did you draft him to be?
1: <laughs> slot is. receiver.
2: Step on Diggs, slot receiver. <laughs> um, someone that gets a lot of targets, someone that doesn't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But the news doesn't do anything for me.
0: That is, uh, that is an interesting uh, thing to think about there because uh, what they expect and what we expect and what
2: mm-hmm.
0: you as an owner and exactly. what you as not owner, that's a lot of different things. Um, could he handle a high volume? I think the answer is yes. Fifth in the NCAA this past season with 88 receptions, eighth in yards, uh, tied for third in touchdowns. So, John, you said it was the greatest college football season uh, that you've seen. In, the offense. In- the entire offense is up in 45 years. Exactly. I've never
1: seen an offense like that.
0: So he was a massive, and I think that, you know, he was also my number three uh, pre draft uh, ranked wide receiver. I think, you know, obviously Joe, Joe Burrow had the greatest quarterback season ever, but um, Justin Jefferson was a massive part of that. Um, going to the NFL, Diggs leaves behind 94 targets. Going down the list, Dalvin Cook had 63. Uh, Adam Thielen played 10 games and then you got Rudolph and Irv Smith kind of splitting. Um, my big is thing. Fantasy I can't all imagine
1: them out targeting what Stefan Diggs did last year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And
2: that was with, yeah. with Thielen out. So, I
1: that Thielen
2: mean, out. So like, Diggs I just don't great. see it.
0: Diggs Thielen is for, great. 10, 10 games only for Thielen. So I think, I think people get lost in that. Like the opportunity is there, but. It's not, you know, automatic targets for the guy that steps in. It's it's almost like, you know, I, I don't want to get into it too much, but uh, it's the people that debate Hayden Hurst. Is he going to just grab all of the Austin Hooper targets or is it going to be spread out? It could be looked at kind of similar here. Are, are 94 targets going to be spread out? You know, Thielen's going to play 16 games hypothetically. Irv Smith, I think, is going to have a great year too. Um, I, yeah, I, do I like think- Irv Smith, too. Yeah. <laughs> I do yeah. like Irv Smith I, I I do think the opportunity is there. Uh, I wrote down, um, and I'm not stealing your your fire here, Jen, but I also wrote down Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, John, you mentioned Jalen Rieger. I think his opportunity is there too. I'm still going to keep Jerry Judy on the list, even with those other guys, because he was my cl- clear cut for me, uh, wide receiver coming out of this draft class for, for me. So I still think the opportunity just due to the talent is there. But uh, Justin Jefferson, I – If the opportunity is there for volume and the volume is up in the air, I don't think it's an overreaction to say that he might be the most targeted guy. Uh, You know, you go to the flip side, you look at a guy like Henry Ruggs and he has an opportunity for volume, but then you look at his college season, he never really handled it before. So, I mean, there's so many different factors. I'm going to say I'm going to buy into it, but uh, again, I mean, it's there for him. So any any other thoughts on uh, Jefferson before we move on? I love Judy too, though I'll say that he's yeah. my pre rank free draft number one. He's sweet. I
2: love them all. I love yeah. them class. <laughs> They're so good. They're so exciting. Yeah. Like you sit and watch like the highlight reels of Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb. I mean, you yeah, can I just you it. watch. It's fantastic. I think yeah.
1: Michael really was good, good at USC too. He was nasty. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it almost hurts to watch those guys make those cuts and, and put the, <laughs> the position. So uh, let, let's move on uh, to Washington. So um, August 15th, Washington quarterback Alex Smith league activated from the PUP list, the PUP list. Potential reaction, Smith is a good league stash that has a chance to play this year. So I see, I don't know if this is a – please, or, or what the game, no, is. This is oh, it.
2: It. you know, I, this would be lovely. It would make a great Disney movie. I'm really happy for Alex Smith and his family and for him coming back. But the guy had a shatter leg. He's barely, barely practicing right now. I know he's the most talented quarterback they have, but they're keeping him there to mentor the younger quarterbacks. Is there an opportunity where he may come in for a game and do something great? And we can, we can talk about it and we can all be excited for him. Sure there's a possibility way, way, way down the line. You're not stashing. First of all, let's address this <laughs> guys. And one quarterback leagues, people playing one quarterbacks, please don't use all your extra late round dart throws on quarterbacks. Okay. You can get off the waiver wire later. Don't waste that spot, throw it at a wide receiver, throw it at a running back or even a gadget guy like Antonio Gibson, something like that. So the idea that you would ever stash Alex Smith is just, is just,
0: it sounds ridiculous. like this grind your gears a little bit here.
2: It does, because it's it's, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I'm i excited for Alex. It's a really great. It's a great story. But, you know, honestly, you probably have a better shot taking a shot on Des Brian or Antonio Brown or somebody like that, as much as it pains me to say it. Um, I would take a shot before I would take one on Alex. Though I love this story, so I don't want to sound like I'm, like, a meanie. I'm, I'm happy, and I really hope they, they do make, like, a – it's a movie out of it. it feel the
0: movie out of it. And it's had a Disney movie too at, at, at that. So they might have to go through some copyrights and everything. But uh, John, John, are you uh more optimistic or uh, on the same boat as Jen here? First, watching Jen's facial
1: expressions is like when someone ordered pineapple <laughs> pizza for me. I just was like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not eating pineapple pizza. So just get over it. So I understand. Look, at, I love the Alex Smith story. I'm not, I just don't believe it. We've seen him, and it's great. I mean, I watched that special and the surgery and all that, and I I was queasy in it. I mean, that's why I'm not a doctor. So I'm doing fantasy football. Like, that was a tough thing to watch. And what this man has done is tremendous. Incredible. And the fact he can stand on this, I mean, it's just a great story. But I see the pictures, he still has a full leg cast on.
0: Yeah,
1: it's kind of great. And it, it, Like, and I'm not trying to be rude, but like, if Chase Young now he happens to be on the same team, but a young defensive lineman who weighs 290,
0: trying hits to prove him. out. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm. I have images of Joe Theismann and Lawrence Taylor no. dancing through my head, and I no. think he's in. You know, look it. I want him to get one shot, like Jensen. Maybe yeah. week 15. He goes out in a thing of glory, right? Meaningless. Yeah, like a great story. People watch the 4 o'clock game. And then he come, retires. He
0: retires. Retires. But like, the sunset.
1: It seems so dangerous and so unreal yeah. that that Mike could withstand the pounding of an NFL game. I mean, you, uh, what if someone just collar, uh, uh, what is a collarbone tackle? And that leg snaps. I mean, there's so many ways to get That's hurt. What
0: you're right now.
1: Yeah. And I love the idea that he's back and trying. And I agree Thank with you. you. Let him mentor. Let him talk to Dwayne Haskins. Look if people don't.
2: Yeah. You know, <laughs> <Haskins>. <laughs> Whatever he can do to help Dwayne Haskins, he should yes. do. Now,
1: it, to be fair to Dwayne Haskins, terrible coaching staff, terrible organization, and only one year of major college football. So. Mm-hmm. I knew he was a project coming into the league, but he doesn't end up with Andy Reid. He ends up in a clown organization. So nothing's gone right for this young man. But maybe Alex Smith can talk to him in the film room, talk to him about being a professional, talk to him about throwing – we all know Alex Smith likes to throw the ball away. You know, he doesn't throw interceptions. He Mm -hmm. can teach him how to be a professional quarterback. I have no interest in Alex Smith fantasy wise. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah, nothing. no, I think, uh, speaking of Dwayne Haskins, I think he's, if we all put together our 2020 quarterback rankings, he's probably on the lower end of that. You know, uh, it's only a handful of weeks, but weeks, weeks, 11 through 16
2: QB
0: 25, you know, the, the, the handful of weeks he was playing. Um, we look at, Alex Smith in the past, 2017 QB four, I think. Yeah. I wrote down 4,000 yards plus 26 touchdowns. So we look in the past at the glory, but I just watched the other day. I I know you noted the leg sleeve, but his family shooting off the champagne on him that he was cleared. Awesome video, but Mm -hmm. I don't want to speak negatively. I hope he's hundred percent healthy, but it almost looked like he kind of limped around in that just with his kids, uh, um, there and, and I also a want
1: great dad, right? That was a great thing. dad. I wish my was, kids were excited when I came was, home. Yeah, great. That
0: was great, great. moment. Great yeah. moment. But uh, another Rivera quote here. Um Recently, uh, he said he's had some success. He's good in the locker room. He understands what I'm looking for, and that was not a, about Dwayne Haskins. And it wasn't about Alex Smith. It was about Kyle Allen that he traded for. So oh. I, I think he brought in a guy he trusts. And I think if we worry about Dwayne Haskins struggling, I think it's Kyle Allen next in line just because of the safety risk of Alex Smith. You guys noted before, um, I think every team needs a good veteran when you have a good you know, young quarterback. And I think yeah. Alex Smith is going to be that you know, second coach out there for the quarterbacks right. and right. is on the salary for the year. So, um, you know, you guys, you guys noted, maybe they throw them out there one day. I'm looking at the schedule. <laughs> maybe when they go and play, maybe when they go and play the, the Ravens and it's the last, you know, four downs in the game after Lamar ran for eight touchdowns and uh, right. they want to throw them out there just for, you right. know, a standing ovation. Perfect. I hope I'm wrong because like you guys said, it's a beautiful story. And, and we all have probably liked Alex Smith as a person just seeing interviews mm-hmm. and, and rile his team up, but I think it's a bit unrealistic right now, and I, yeah. I, I do hope I'm wrong about it. So let's uh, let's move uh, to Green Bay. Um, I'm a Chicago fan, Chicago Bears fan. live in a suburb of Chicago, so I don't like talking about the Packers too much, but uh, I guess, guess we will for the sake of this. But uh, August 15th, Matt LaFleur's first impression on Jordan Love. There's a lot to clean up right now. Potential reaction: Jordan Love will not play football for his two to three first NFL seasons, making him a questionable dynasty hold. So, John, why don't you start us off with that? Uh, here, the, again, the uh, not the over the reaction here: uh, Jordan Love may not play for his first two three years, and you may want to question holding him in dynasty. What do you what do you think about that?
1: I'm going to read a little bit of my notes that I published on Jordan Love. Takes unwarranted hits and sacks, waiting too long in the pocket. Needs to speed up internal clock. Appears to predetermine where he's going with the football. Intermediately forces a ball into coverage. A raw signal caller who would benefit from sitting on the sideline for a year or two. He is not ready play in the nfl item as my fifth ranked quarterback pre-draft there are a lot of challenges does he have athletic ability yes but there are times you watch the film and i mean i you're just like young man hands there on the was head safety over the top and he was double covered with the linebacker in a corner what were you possibly thinking on that throw and he relies on his arm it's like he he's made it I'm going deep. I don't care where the safeties are. I don't care what the coverage is. I'm going deep. And he just forces that. And you see it. And you cannot be successful at the NFL level and make that many many mental mistakes. He's the antithesis of Alex Smith. You know, and, and look, at, I've lived through guys like Vinny Testaverde, Dan Marino, Brett Favre throw that ball into cover with elite arms, right? Jordan Love doesn't have that arm. And he also takes way too many risks. And I've seen, I mean, Favre took, that's one of the underrepresented stories of Brett Favre. He took crazy risks throwing the football, but he was special, right? Jordan Love isn't in that boat. He needs minimum a Carson Palmer, Aaron Rodgers time to build and learn. I don't – I still don't, and I don't want to pick on – I don't get what Green Bay was doing, but I had him as my fifth-ranked quarterback. So there's no way I was taken there. I had a second-round grade as a project, and the Packers needed receivers. I mean, we we could talk about all the receivers they bypassed. So there's a chance he might not be on the field the first two years of the league. It would not surprise me. And then I'm reading the quotes by Lafleur. I'm like, did you not watch the tape? Like I literally sat there, like you are saying things that all of us who watched him said. <laughs> like I'm, like, I'm mind blown. Like, like what?
0: Did yeah. You do? Yeah. So I'm, um, you know, Roger sat behind Far for I think three years. Um, and we questioned some of these things with the quarterbacks, even in a super flex league. Are, are they a? Are they a hold? Are they not a hold? Um, Jen, Jen is it uh something you'd buy or an overreaction? Uh, um. in this
2: not a fan not a fan of jordan love not a fan <laughs> of where he landed not a fan of anybody don't have him anywhere uh don't know what they're doing in green bay D- i think the whole thing's a mess i'm not sure he's even going to get the mentoring he needs there I'm not sure that's really a really good place for him to study based on the way that the system is being run and how they clearly aren't thinking through things um so yeah i don't i don't think it's an overreaction i think it's just like a fact that we all kind of knew and i to me i was like Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) Can I give you one analogy as an old man? This reminds me very
0: much. I love analogies.
1: This reminds me very much. John Elway, late in his career, Dan Reeves drafted Tommy Maddox coming out of UCLA. And LA was livid at Reeves. He needed wide receivers. The three amigos had moved on. Denver needed a lot of help. And Dan Reeves was looking for the future. And I, Tommy. we all know Tommy Maddox never reached what they thought he was going to coming out of UCLA. It eventually got Reeves fired because Elway was the guy. And we know they went on to win two Super Bowls under Shanahan. But Reeves made a poor decision for the franchise. The Packers made a poor decision here with Jordan Love. They did not. Aaron Rodgers fell to them. Into their lap, it was a present from the gods that they went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. They reached for Jordan. Jordan Love. Love, they made the same mistake Dan Reeves did with John Elway
2: while simultaneously disrespecting the fantastic quarterback they have by not giving him any weapons that he needed That's to win.
0: They must, have, they must have some faith in guys like Am Lazard and Reggie uh, Begleton over there.
1: And I like Lazard, but you can't go – what if he gets hurt? Then they're like,
0: they got nothing. It was the deepest wide receiver class in a very long time. Uh, I <laughs> thought when they first did it, I thought, hey, you got, a, you got a younger, new head coach. Maybe he wants to put his stamp on this team and draft who he thinks is his guy. But then when he makes comments like like that – You know, I'm starting to look at some numbers here. Passer rating, uh, Tua, 206.9. Burrow, 201.5. Jalen Hurts, 200.3. Justin Herbert, 158.7. Jordan Love, 125.9. And then all of those guys were 70 range. Burrow is 77.9 per completion percentage. And then you go down to Jordan Love, 60.6. So you know, I again you look into these guys pre draft. When once they do get drafted, you start asking yourself questions. Where where does he fill out in a dynasty? Where does he fill out for twenty twenty? But then when the coach makes a questionable comment and you start looking at the facts and figures, I don't know if he's a dynasty stash. Maybe in a super flex if your rosters are like huge. Otherwise, I, I don't know if I'm hanging on. I don't know if I'm hanging on to him.
1: Let me give you a stat that I like. I like touchdown-to-interception ratio. Hey, Perfect. look, it's not the greatest indicator. I get that. But it does tell me about the young man, and how he processes information while it's happening. What is the defense? Where am I? Right? Jordan Love was 60 touchdowns, 29 interceptions. Joe Burrow threw 60 touchdowns last year. And I get it. Look, LSU is different than Utah. sure. 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 But, but, you know, it, it, here's two. Here's my other favorite two is interception to touchdown, 87 to 11. That is silly, folks. Do you know Joe Namath and Terry Bradshaw retired with more interceptions than touchdowns? I have seen the evolution of a game they, a touch, if you if you could throw 24 touchdowns and 26 interceptions and you were a star now two would just want 87 and 11 i mean the players are smarter the systems are better it's just a better game the quarterbacks are smarter but when jordan love is throwing 29 interceptions that to me is a red flag
0: yeah and uh you, you don't like to hear these words from the head coach obviously you don't want to buy into everything you read but uh could be some sketchy news right there um let's let's move on cuz you got uh th- three more I got down here. Um August 15th uh in Darren Waller, John Gruden sees an inspirational superstar potential reaction. Waller will not see a large regression and will remain a top 5 tight end even with changes to their receiving core. So Jen, what what are what are your thoughts Darren Waller here?
2: I'm buying it. I think John Green is a straight shooter. And he's one of the few that doesn't BS and come out with other stuff. And I freaking love Darren Waller. And he started his career as a receiver. And he can catch the ball. And I think they'll give him more opportunities to get into the end zone. And while we're at it, and I won't go off on too much of a tangent, you guys are all waiting too long on Josh Jacobs too. Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller are awesome. You want them on your team. That's what Jen says.
0: I think I I saw you on a this is this is part of the reason I had to give you the call. I'm pretty sure I saw you on a live stream say something about like grabbing Josh Jacobs and you might have said Austin Eckler too. Yes. And and I think because of that I was like I I, I got to get Jen on a live. Yeah, stream. I don't know why I people know. are I sleeping on Austin Eckler. Small graphs.
2: Yeah. Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs are falling to the second round guys. Grab them. I've had so many opportunities where I'm drafting in the nine and 10 spot and I can get Michael Thomas and then wrap back around and get either Josh Jacobs or Austin Eckler. Yeah. I'll take it. Give it to me. (laughs) And I love Miles Sanders too. I get it. But guys we're still talking about somebody that it's all talk from Doug Peterson. I don't know if we can trust what he says. And is Miles Sanders talented? Sure. But Josh Jacobs has done it. He's done it through a separated shoulder. Darren Waller has now done it. Um, and I think John Gruden is a straight shooter. I really do, and I think he wants to avenge that his rookie of the year that should have won rookie of the year and didn't win rookie of the year because he's not a quarterback should get the opportunities. I think they're going to throw to him more, and I think Darren Waller is going to continue to be a star on this team. I think they've improved their offense. I know everybody can't have everything, but I still believe in these two guys until they prove me wrong.
0: John,
1: thoughts on Darren Waller? So I'm looking here. He had 117 targets last year huge however he only had three touchdowns Touchdowns. so there is room for progression in the touchdown category now will he get 117 targets they've upgraded that wide receiver core so much however they are relying on two rookies which you know i think people are that i can't i'll tell you i've never seen an offense in the nfl history that i can remember and i'm pretty old and i have a good memory has ever relied on two rookie wide receivers. I don't ever remember it. I could be wrong. Maybe someone on Twitter world, maybe you guys can tell me if there's ever been an offense that relied on two rookie wide receivers in the same year. Look at, we've obviously had rookies who were rock stars, but to rely on both Edwards and drugs. Right. Look, if they're going to make mistakes, They're going to run the wrong wrong routes. They're going to make mistakes. So, but my concern is, will Waller get 117 targets? I have him as my sixth-ranked tight end. So, I do believe he can go there because he could have less targets, but he could score eight or nine touchdowns. Great point. Well, that's where he could make like targets and catches. You know, you can make up for. So, I think he's right on the cusp, and I agree with Jen. Gruden is a straight shooter. That is one of the things I like about him. He's going to tell you basically who he likes. He's going to telegraph you. Now, the other thing I'm worried about, it's Derek Carr. Derek Carr, at the end of the day, and I, I'm I'm neutral on Derek Carr. This is going. If he doesn't do it, throw him out. We're done. Because they finally built the team around him. They got a good offensive line. They got a good running game. They have the wide receivers, the tight end. They have a good coach. This is—he has to do it now, or he's done. Or I believe, Jen, you're a Cowboy fan. Am I correct? You believe correctly. Oh, so Dak Prescott might look (laughs) really good in silver and black next year with Don. (laughs) I mean. Let me tell you, right.
0: Yeah, off your comments, our buddy Bob says I'm old and I have a bad memory. So you're you're one up in some people that are watching right now. So I'll throw that out there for you.
1: So that I mean there are some, but I canny yes, absolutely. But there are some concerns that I have.
0: Yeah, number number two in uh, tight end receptions, number two in tight end receiving yards, coming off a phenomenal year. I think that there's a lot of question marks going into the year. I'm a big Josh Jacobs guy. I'm praying that he gets some more of a target share. Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, you sign Nelson Aguilar. Then you got Renfro coming back. Tyrell Williams, if he's healthy. I and think there's a lot of guys. To, Tyrell,
1: and he'll have three big games. Sure, <laughs> it, you know, five
0: games with five touchdowns this past season. In a row. Yeah. but uh, With all the question marks, I think it's clear that Waller will still be involved and heavily involved. I think the target share does dip off a bit, but I mean, you're, you're, you're looking at some of these tight ends that finish in the top five, six that are around the hundred marks. So if he's losing 17, 20 targets, but the touchdowns increase, like you guys are saying, that's a huge, that's a huge indicator that he's still going to be a top five guy. So if he's finishing this past year is two or three or whatever he finished as um, to regress in some areas, but progress in some areas, I'm buying him in, you know, as a, as a top five here. So um, I think we're all kind of on the same, same boat with that one. Uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, August 14th news. Back to basics after losing himself in 2019. Potential reaction. Baker's bounce back. That's a double B right there. Baker's bounce back will land him in the top 10 quarterbacks for 2020. John, are, are you buying this Baker top 10 2020 or overreaction? And we got yeah. a couple guys saying, uh, Ola, uh, <laughs> the grid. so I think we got some guys. Oh, we got some soccer guys. Jump, jump. You have a soccer. Oh, there you go. Maybe it's, there you go. I got a soccer. Uh, guy. Gotcha. There, there you go. All right.
1: So I have a Baker as my a top 12. He's number 11. So I think he's right on the cusp. But, As someone who's watched a lot of quarterback play, Freddie Kitchens had lost the clubhouse. Freddie Kitchens was not ready for the alpha males within his locker room. Bringing in Odell Beckham was a locker room disaster for Freddie Kitchens. He did not know how to deal with Odell Beckham and that locker room. So you had to get rid of them. I mean, I've read stuff in this offseason where they like threw out the game plan or they didn't have a full game. I mean, it sounds like a complete disaster. Kitchens. So then you had a quarterback who was cocky, Heisman winner, great rookie year, right? So you have an out-of-control, egomaniac quarterback with a coach that has lost the locker room with an alpha male like Odell Beckham. That is a disaster nothing went right in Cleveland. So what do you do? You go to the running game. You pound it, you pound it, you pound it. You take the ball out of Baker's hands as much as possible. That's why you sign Jack Conklin. That's why you bring in Kevin Stefanski. Look it, Baker will work and be successful. If that running game is as good as I believe it is, and I believe that running game is going to be nasty in Cleveland this year. The concern I have, they play four games against Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Those could be fantasy nightmares for Baker Mayfield. So if you're looking at him being in that top 10, how many points is he going to score against Baltimore and Pittsburgh? Two of the top four defenses in the league. Right. And I, and all those teams, they're going to want to grind it down. They're going to shorten the clock. Right. So I'm a little, so I don't see the number of temps being there to get into that eight, seven range of quarterback. Will he be better? Yes. Will he be more efficient? Yes. Have I drafted him as my number one quarterback? Yes. I like him here because I think Stefanski can handle. Odell he's been around the league longer I think he's more he's more organized from what I read and Baker's coming hasn't he lost like 15 pounds isn't that the narrative right now he looks like he's in shape <laughs> and I will say this sometimes people can learn from their past mistakes and I'll give Baker a shot here oh, okay. That's
2: Anybody who knows Jen, anybody who's followed Jen on Twitter knows she hates Baker. Ah, I, I do not like. Oh, uh, I do not like Baker Mayfield. I don't like bananas. I don't like Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I like two packs. It's how it is.
1: So Jen, I'm going yeah. to send you a Mayfield jersey and a dozen yeah. bananas at the holidays.
0: Weird mix. I'm it's I'm like telling bananas you. and Mayfield. Mayfield <laughs> and banana. It's like, Double
2: bananas. Holden. Both of them. I also have a strong distaste for Trevor Bauer. Yeah, I mean, two things, right. And Juan Soto's batting stance. Can't stand it. But anyway, I can't stand Baker Mayfield. I can't stand his attitude. I think we've given him enough second chances. He's had second chances. I think he needs to call up Daniel Jones and they need to go have a cup of coffee together and work it out. I want to see him be a real human being. And this idea that, oh, he's working so hard and he's, he's sitting in on all the wide receiver and, meetings. Well, yeah, because now he's finally getting embarrassed. And by the way, can someone buy him a coat that fits a razor and get him a haircut? This is like before 2020 quarantine, you know, like get yourself together. Like I can't stand this guy and they're gonna go more to the run game. They did give him all the weapons he needs. You know, they upgraded their offensive line, they have given him an extra tight end, they have got all these, and they've given him every tool to succeed. If he can't succeed this year, he On. can't succeed. That's
1: He'll it. I'm not that. drafting him,
2: because you know what? You guys, all last year, the Browns are gonna be great. The Browns are gonna be so good, they have OBJ. No, the Browns are gonna Brown. The Browns are gonna Brown. <laughs> Hey, that's it. Stefanski might make them a little bit better. Might they be okay? Sure. Do I like Jarvis Landry? Yeah, I can get him cheap. You know, there's certain things about it. I love Nick Chubb. I mean, how could you not? But like Baker Mayfield, I'm not putting any of my eggs in a Baker Mayfield basket because you know what? He's gonna crush it and he's gonna make it look awful. He's gonna make omelets on the street. Like he's just, he's shit. Baker, no Baker. I'm anti.
0: uh. Buddy here, Steve 2.0 from Climb the Pocket. Also- great analysis. Get him a razor.
2: Yeah. That's my analysis.
0: Great too, Nick. Great analysis. Uh, Steve's a great guy. I'm going to lead with Steve uh, as well. Um, the thing that bothers – there's certain things that always bother me when it comes to fantasy football because I think a lot of times people like copy and paste, you know, reasons for why players do good and bad. And what I hated last season was everybody saying – well, Baker was bad because, you know, Fred, Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens was so bad. But I think, like, last year, certain play calling and this and that could be bad. But we got to hold people accountable. And when people have their resources and weapons, and Baker was terrible last season, um, I don't point the finger at Freddie Kitchen. I, I I point to the guy who's throwing as many interceptions as touchdowns and the guy who's overthrowing elite wide receivers and and, and things like that. Um, so I'm not on the Baker train for 2020. I'm I'm with you, John. I do see a progression in in his game QB 20 this past year, but I'm not putting him in my top 10. And I'm gonna read you a a couple groups of guys. You guys tell me if there's somebody. Just doesn't have to be a explanation why, but tell me if there's anybody in these groups of guys, and they're not you know in specific orders, but uh, that you'd put Baker ahead of in 2020. So. Uh another random curveball here, but Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson. So I'll no, start that no. <laughs> okay. no. I'll, I'll about uh,
2: maybe if I tried, lost my uh, mind yet. Still
1: maybe if I had a case of still got it.
0: <laughs> all right, let's get to the next group of guys. Uh, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford. Any of them?
1: I think no, I think I have Stafford nine. So no, you haven't reached him yet.
0: All right. How about Carson Wentz, Drew Brees, or Matt Ryan? Nope.
1: They're all ahead of Baker for me. Drew Drew Brees is not because I think they're going to go short and run the ball a lot. But it's close. I I take the upside with Baker consistency with Brees. I get it.
0: I gotta I gotta throw uh, this this quick comment on here. Uh, this guy's been firing away about. I am here for the couch that's for sale. So there's no couch. Does Baker have a couch? He, 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 no, he,
2: says, he just has a He just hasn't.
0: I see you smiling there, yeah. bud. So. Oh, he, he there he, he has
2: a Few toilets in the bathroom apparently. Oh, no,
0: he's happy. And, uh, All right, what about uh, what about Josh Allen or Tom Brady?
1: No, Josh no. Allen got the rushing upside. I still have Allen ranked higher, and Brady. Yes, guy. I get it.
0: Yeah, these are all guys I had higher than uh, Baker Mayfield. Um, Those are 12 guys right there. What about these? uh, I'll end on these three. What about Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and Ben Roethlisberger?
2: They're all of uh, Baker Mayfield for me.
1: Uh, Not Roethlisberger. And um, so I would take Baker over Roethlisberger. You said Daniel Jones I like. And then who was the other one, the third one, Nick?
0: Aaron Rodgers that we just uh, talked about a little bit ago. Well, I'm worried about the Packers.
1: Um, I'd, probably, I'd probably take Baker over Rodgers.
0: Yeah, so I, I, guess, I guess the point we just proved, though, there is that's a long list of guys that we still kind of have above Baker going into the season. So room for improvement? Absolutely. Does he have the ability? Let's say not ability. Does he have the tools around him to be successful? Absolutely. I don't know if we got him in our top ten, though, all three of us here. <laughs> All right, last one, uh, big one as of recent. Um, Des Bryant to work out for Baltimore Ravens this week. I believe that just happened. August 17th was the news on that, and the potential reaction is Des Bryant will have fantasy value in 2020. So I'm going to start this one off, throw throw that one in here. Um, I think that – this is the season due to Lamar Jackson voicing for certain guys. I think you can look over to the 49ers and all of the injuries they're having to wide receivers. I think there's a chance that Des Bryant does get a call. And I do think he's going to be fantasy relevant in this sense. I think that if you have him, the minute he gets signed, he has trade value. So that is going to be his fantasy relevance for me that you're going to be able to sell Dez Bryant because of name recognition and that he actually gets signed. So I'm going to say yes, but I'm throwing in this, you know, this, uh, not a straight, uh, forward trade, uh, not trade, not a straightforward value. I'm saying that you, he's going to be valuable to rosters if you have him because you can trade him. So what do you guys think? Does he have value for fantasy, uh, in actual football? Are you on board with kind of what I'm saying or what are your thoughts for Des Bryant 2020? Either one of you guys can step in.
1: I, You're a Cowboys fan. Yeah. I, you know, he left to the
2: Cowboys because he, he was fine, but he wasn't really living up to what they needed. And then he went to New Orleans and got injured and didn't play. And he's been out for a year and like, Is there a possibility again, like he could have one or two good games, sure. But like, I really don't see this being any kind of a home run threat or a league winning kind of play. If you wanted to throw a dart late, late, late round 25, sure, why not? It's fun. You know, same with Antonio Brown, all of that. But like, to me, I just don't see this being a value in um, fantasy. I mean, I suppose to your point, like if you felt like there was somebody though that was a Cowboys fan or somebody like that in your league and and it is, (laughs) Let's talk about strategy, guys. There is an advantage to knowing who you're playing with and doing things like that. Like you know, a guy really is a huge whatever Broncos fan. Now I know this. See if I ever play with John here. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you, you can think that way, and and if you've been in the league a long time, you can't think that way. But for me, um, I would just kind of stay away. It's it's a cool story, and yeah, Lamar Jackson does need another receiver, and they should try to get him one, but. Is Des Bryant going to be the guy that breaks the bank? I don't
1: think so. John, thoughts on Des. So theoretically, I could be a senator from the state of Connecticut. And I think I have as much chance to be a senator as Des Bryant has of ever being on an NFL field again. So oh, if you God. actually think I don't I'm, know your background though. <laughs> so if you think a high school teacher could become a senator within the next four years, go for it. Des Bryant hasn't been fantasy relevant since 2014. He had 1,300 yards and led the league in touchdowns with 16. Then he had 400, 896, 838 was his last year in 2017. I, look, I, they gave him a courtesy tryout. You know, it was a veteran courtesy. Come on in. I just don't see him being on the field. He wasn't fast when he was in his prime. He beats you with strengths, determination, fortitude. Right. You right. know yeah. what is he running now? Four nine? I mean, it just I just don't see it. Maybe he can teach the young kids a two days on the field Some I don't know. I don't get it. I'm not taking
2: it. Conversely, that. uh TO. Let's let's get TO back. That would be fun. <laughs> he can
1: play. play.
0: I mean he's racing, guys. I mean, it looks like he's still yeah. in great shape. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting too, like. As Brian the two teams that I've seen are the Baltimore Ravens and the you know San Francisco 49ers and what they have in common is that they are two teams that don't give their wide receivers a ton they of volume. Yeah. They don't get a lot. So he actually tweeted out too I'm pretty sure like something along the lines of like run 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 all day like whatever it takes to win. Something along those lines pretty much saying like if I'm on a team that doesn't throw the ball a lot, I just want to win that sort of thing. So I mean we all see people that run to the waiver, you know, wire when the smallest piece of news come out. But could be a thing. Could be a thing. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But like, like I said before, I, I picked him up in a few leagues that have deep rosters that he was hanging out. And if he gets signed, I'm gonna be like that guy that puts in the group text like, <laughs> "Dad Bryant on the block, on the block."
1: Somebody will take it. Yeah. I should look in my dynasty leagues. I have four of them. I wonder if he's even on anyone's roster. I'd even look. I wonder. I, I'm going to look that up as soon as I get off of this this session. Just see if anyone has them.
0: Yeah, might as well. Um, so we're over the hour mark. Uh, went a little bit longer. No big deal. It's all
1: my fault, brother. I talked hey. too much. I'm all- sorry.
0: No, no, no. All all good. All good uh, from you guys. You know, I'm glad you guys came on. Really appreciate you guys taking time on this uh lovely Tuesday nights um, but Tuesday. Wanna, yeah exactly <laughs> make sure that uh, people listening live um, people who are you know scrolling through certain points on the podcast when it comes out get to uh, hear where they can follow you guys and also again if you got anything you want to plug please do so John we can start with you where can we find you and and maybe again like what's some upcoming things you got going on just to wrap it up here
1: so thanks, thanks Nick. I, I had a blast, and I really appreciate you inviting me on. Awesome. Jen, it was so nice to talk to you for the first yeah. time live. Yeah. I, do listen, I do listen to you on the alarm, but I can't We're stay up after midnight. I'm an old man. I'm on, the man's in the app. Come on. <laughs> I'm on the East Coast. But when you're on the round table, I'm there for you, sister. And <laughs> Keep giving Rona shit. Don't let him get away with nothing, my sister. All right. I love it. But I'm on gridironskull 91 at Twitter. I can't afford the A and the R, so it's Skull 91 And all my written work, college fantasy football and NFL fantasy football, footballdiehards.com and fantrax.com.
0: Check it out, everyone. Thanks, John. Appreciate that. Uh, Jen, where can we find you, and uh, what do you got going on uh, as of recent?
2: Likewise, I had a great time today. It was great to speak with both of you after interacting so much in, on Twitter. It's so fun to put faces, and names. <laughs> um, I'm mostly my work is mostly at the Alarm FantasyAlarm.com. I'm on Twitter at Jen Piacenti. That's J-E-N-P-I-A-C-E-N-T-I. I, doesn't spell like it sounds. Um, and I'm also on SiriusXM on Friday nights, regularly on Alarm After Hours. And it is in demand in the app, if you want to listen to it the next <laughs> the um And I also have a new podcast with Chris Meaney and Eric Young, um, the wrestler. And we're doing twice a week, quick 15 minutes, strategies for betting, hockey, and baseball for the rest of the season. So subscribe, write us a nice review. And if you go to Monkey By use the code Stacks, and it will hook you up there too if you want to do any player props. That's my little, my promotion for my newest project, but mostly fantasy alarm who has been so good to me. And yeah, I have a lot of fun giving Adam Rodas. Hey,
0: (laughs) very cool. Very cool. Uh, again, this is Nick from P2W fantasy. Great guests on tonight. Um, a lot of good information, good laughs all around here. Uh, P2W fantasy doing a live stream once a week, throwing out articles left and right. Um, doing a project probably pretty soon or uh, a a live stream where we're going to have a bunch of people jump on and just plug their stuff and you know like a give back sort of thing uh planning on that um other than that uh thank you if you watched live or made it this far in the uh -hmm. podcast or the youtube video whatever the case is but uh we're gonna log off here and everybody have a great night